Well, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us on this very special Christmas Eve, that Sunday morning edition. Now, uh, I got to say that one of my favorite TV shows is a show that's on ABC called The Middle. So the idea of it, it's like middle America. And so it's got, um, you know, this family in Indiana, the Heck family. And what I love about the show is that it really depicts a lot of things that American families deal with. And so uh, there was an episode on last week uh, that actually caught my attention. And I think it's something that really a lot of American families have dealt with. And whenever I say it caught my attention, see, normally I'm, you know, playing on my phone and I'm passively listening to the television while I try to go to sleep. And this one actually caught my attention where I had to put the phone away and go, whoa, something's happening here. So what happened was we have uh, the mom, her name is Frankie, and she's uh, planning out Christmas Eve. So she says, okay, you know, we got to have the roast and wrapping Christmas presents and the Christmas carols. And then as a family, we're all going to go to church. And Axel, who is the oldest son, he's, now he is a recent graduate from college. So in the show, he's probably like 23 years old, but he very much acts like a teenager. You know people like that? I do. But uh, here he is. And so he's um, pretty much throughout the entire show, he's like always in his underwear. Um, but he's, he's sitting on the couch and he's saying, you know what? I don't really want to go to church this year. Uh, in fact, I'm not even really sure if I believe all this stuff. And, and so uh, Frankie, the mom, kind of gets upset. He goes, wait, what? You're, 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 you're going you're gonna to do what Christmas Eve? He said, yeah, I'd rather have a marathon of uh, Christmas movies. That sounds more enjoyable than going to church. And so Frankie, the mom, gets kind of upset, says, no, you got to go to church. And then Axel, he actually responds brilliantly with this question. He says, well, why? Why? Why, why go to church? Why do you go to church? Why do you even believe in God, mom? And here... So this is where I started to put my phone down because I'm like, wow, on ABC, a theological conversation. This is actually happening. This is historic. And so uh, the mom actually pauses for a little bit and she says, well, I, you know, I, I don't know. And, and so for the rest of the episode here, she is on this pursuit to kind of ask herself and ask other people why it is that she actually goes to church. Why is it that she actually believes in God? What's this whole thing about? And so uh, she goes to her husband, Mike, and she, she's having this conversation, and she's saying, can you believe that Axel isn't really wanting to go to church? Uh, you know, she says, can you actually believe that, Mike? And Mike actually responds pretty honestly, and he says, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not really sure if I believe this either, but, you know, I go to support you. All right. And so that's his answer. That's his honesty. So unlike Frankie, he actually gives an answer. And his answer is, well, I go to support the family. All right. Not because he really believes any of it. Maybe, maybe not. But he goes to support others. All right. So then, um, so Frankie goes throughout the rest of the episode and, and she's thinking about it. And, and the conclusion of the episode, spoiler alert to give it away here, uh, is that she goes back to Axel and she says, you know, Axel, actually, you know, I, I don't know if, if I know why I go. Um, and, and she says, you know, I go just, just because. I go just because that's what you're supposed to do. And, and, and so that's her answer. Her answer is, basically, I don't have an answer. Or her answer is, well, I do it out of tradition. 
And, and see, for me, I just kind of hear this a little bit, and I think to myself, like, man, it, you know, if I was Frankie, like, like we don't have to think, we don't have to have like a theology degree here to answer this question. I mean, even if we were to go back to like what my three-year-old learns in like Sunday school here, I mean, that would be an appropriate answer. Like even if she just would have said, Jesus. And you know what? If she would have said that, that's actually right on. I mean, that's exactly it. After all, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? I mean, if she were to even say one word like, well, we go because of Jesus. And after all, think about what you get to do whenever you come to worship God, that, that you, get to, you get to praise Jesus, and then you get to uh, hear about hope, and you get to um, be reminded of forgiveness. And in communion, we get to uh, take his body, his broken body and his blood. And, and we're reminded that, that through that, because of that, in the cross, See, I'm just using all these Sunday school answers. Cross, you know, Bible, all right? Uh, because of the cross, then we get to go to heaven. And, and, and what if she would have said something like, you know, and, and because through Jesus, I get to go to heaven. And Axel, more than anything, I want you to be there too. And, and Axel, I, I want to spend eternity uh, ne- next to you uh, in heaven. And, and because of that, that's why I, I go to church. And because of that, that's why I believe in God. Now, granted, it is ABC. So, you know, it's not like she can necessarily say those things, probably in our politically correct culture today. But, but, but out of all the conversations that happen in America, just like that, I, I mean, what if she would have just said even a simple Sunday school answer? Well, because of Jesus and because of heaven and, and because of this hope that we have. I mean, after all, isn't that why, um, rather than just having no answer, isn't that why uh, in First Peter, the Bible says, that whenever someone asks you about the hope that you have in Jesus, you're to do what? You're to say, well, I have no answer. No, no. The Bible says that you are to give an answer uh, for the hope that you have in Jesus and to do it with gentleness and respect. And, and so th- to have an answer. And the thing that kind of boggles my mind about this just a little bit here is that, uh, you know, she's in the show, she's somewhere in her 50s. I'm not going to pretend to guess exactly how old she is, okay? But we'll say she's in her 50s. Um, and, and to think that she's been going to church all of her life, because, you know, again, that's what she does, so that's, that's what she does, um, whether it's, you know, every week or every Christmas or whatever, but she's been going to church all of her life. And, and for 50-some-odd years of her life, uh, she, she's heard sermons. She, she, she's heard about the baby Jesus. You've got to imagine that at one point, you know, she's heard about the manger and the difference that that makes. And yet, and yet, here she comes away with, she has no reason. She has no answer. It's amazing that she can go to church her entire life and just completely miss the point and not really get it. Isn't that just amazing? You see, um, the point of Christmas, if, if you were to put it in a nutshell, you could even say this. You know what it's about? It's about connecting to God. That, that's the reason that, that I go to church. That's the reason that I have faith in Jesus is because I want to be connected to, to my maker. I want to be connected with the one who created the universe and who created me. And did you know that, that that's actually it? There was actually an article called Wired for God. And it said this. It said, a growing number of scientists at Harvard and other schools are investigating how human biology allows us to connect with God. Andrew Newberg of the University of Pennsylvania says, the human brain is genetically wired to embrace religious beliefs. Is that interesting? 
A University of California professor confesses, I once thought spirituality was the opium of the masses. Have you heard that before? But now I recognize we're not only physical beings, we have a spirit. A Yale professor says, I was not prepared for science to take me to God. So we are created to connect with God. You were made to connect with God. You know, so we're in this theme about coming home for Christmas, and, and you heard it in the songs, and, and you see it in the movies out there, especially, uh, you know, like the kind of the classics or the Hallmark Channel, this whole idea about, about coming home for Christmas. But, you know, uh, one of the things that for sure the Hallmark Channel forgets is that they forget two things. Number one is that homes are not perfect. They are not picture perfect like they depict them to be, all right? And I'm not just talking about the decorations and everything, but I'm talking about the families themselves. I mean, after all, there's, there, there, there's conflict in families, right? There's, there's broken families. Uh, we forget that there's stress. I mean, even people, even though they're family and even though it's the holidays, can be rude to one another, right? And, and so we don't see those uh, in those picture perfect movies. Uh, they also forget that homes are not permanent. After all, kids grow up, people move, people die. Homes are not permanent. And so this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you this Christmas to experience a different kind of homecoming, a spiritual homecoming, if you will. And, and here's the thing. We had uh, the three main characters from the show, The Middle. We had uh, Frankie, the mom, who, who just goes because she goes. And, you know, she's not quite sure about this, why she goes, but she just, she just knows that she goes because she goes. We also have Axel, who's kind of uh, unsure about his faith and kind of wanting, would rather stay at home. And then we also have Mike Heck, the dad, who uh, simply goes to support uh, his family. And I got to say is that, um, you know, especially with a, a room this size and, and, and as many people are in here, is that I, I know that there's, there's people in here that can relate to really all three of those, right? Or at least one of those three and say, you know what? Um, I mean, I'm here, but yeah, what is this whole thing all about? And, and or, or maybe you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, you know, I'm kind of unsure about all this and I'd rather be somewhere else right now. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm here to support my family. Um, but in either one of these three cases, um, I want to invite you to experience something else. I, I want you to, to have an answer, to have a reason of, of why you want to be here and why you want to uh, have a relationship with God. And if I could be Frankie, <laughs> just for a moment, and, and talk to Axel, I, I, I would say three things. That, that you want to be in God's arms. You want to have a relationship with God for three reasons. The first is that you can expect you'll come home to his love and his forgiveness. You'll come home to his love and forgiveness. You know, after all, this is the first reason of Christmas, his love and forgiveness. See, Jesus left his home in heaven to come to his home in earth. John 1.14, our reading this morning, it said this. It said that the word... And so it's this poem, uh, and, and Jesus is the Word of God, and so the Word, so Jesus, became flesh and dwelled among us. He dwelled among us. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't use the word dwelled among us very often in my normal vocab. I don't have quite like the SAT vocab level of, of uh, you know, language here. Um, and so the, the message paraphrase says this, it said, the Word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. And don't you love that? The word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. God moved into our neighborhood. He dwelled among us. Next time you see a moving van, think, 
the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. And this is, after all, why Jesus is called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. And so really, the, the message of Christmas, the birth of Christ, is all about God being present with us. It's all about presence, all right? Not the kind you wrap, all right? Presence with the sea, about how God is with us and near us. You know, whenever we talk about this issue of love and forgiveness, there's a lot of people out there who, who really question this about themselves and about God. And, and they really ask themselves, you know, what does God really think of me? Does God like me? Does, does God really love me? What does God really think of me? And they go through their life wondering that. But John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world. So for God so loved everybody, okay? He loves you, he loves me. He loves the whole world. For God so loved us that he sent Jesus. And so Jesus came really because of one word, and it's this word, sin. See, every time that you mess up, every time that you make a mistake, that you, that you break a commandment from God, that the Bible calls that sin. And the consequence of sin is that sin separates us from God. And so now we have this broken relationship with God, and it's through Jesus and what Jesus did for us on the cross that we can experience forgiveness, that we can be reconciled to a God who loves us. See, Jesus, we deserved punishment for our sins, but Jesus took that punishment for us on the cross. He paid the price on the cross. And so really, if you want proof of how much Jesus loves us, it's to remember that Jesus was not only born in a manger, but that he grew up. He grew out of the manger, and he went to the cross for us. And that's how much God loves us. Now, some people think that, well, Mike, you just don't know. You just don't know what I've done. And, and they, they feel like that they've just blown it. I've, I've done this thing, and it is so bad that I've just, I've outsinned God's grace, that there's no way that God can forgive me. Well, Romans 8 says this. Nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So basically, I don't care what you've done or how long ago you've done it. God says this. I still love you, and I still want to forgive you. And that's the first thing you can expect when you come home to God at Christmas time is love and forgiveness. The second thing we can expect is to find his peace and strength. Find his peace and strength. You know, December itself is, is just a little bit crazy. I mean, right? And In fact, if I had to guess, uh, many of us in this room are distracted by all the things that are happening today and tomorrow. I mean, you know, for goodness sake, for me, I'm thinking about um, my standing rib roast in the fridge that's dry aging, all right? I got to think about it. I got to prepare it, all right? I got to prepare it right. But I got I to gotta admit, like, December itself just seems a little crazy. After all, I kind of want to meet the person who, who designed December the way December is for us. I mean, after all, who created this idea that, hey, you know what, let's take mm, 80% of the parties we're going to go to all year and cram them into a three-week period. I mean, who came up with that, right? Or, you know, since we have all this extra time, hey, let's redecorate the entire house inside and out. And you know what? While we're at it, let's, let's bake all the cookies that we've ever heard of and let's write cards to anyone that we've ever met. And just to top it off, hey, let's let the kids out of school for two weeks, you know, to reduce stress, right? <laughs> Like, who came up with this? 
But here's the thing. So whenever we talk about peace, which is one of the themes of Christmas, I always kind of find it a little bit ironic, don't you? To think about peace in the midst of the whirlwind that we call December. But this message of peace is especially relevant in today's culture. I mean, just, just think about the amount of messages that you and I are bombarded with through the news, through social media, through conversations with friends. Just, just so much about fear and so much about, about conflict, right, and hate. And, and so really, this message of peace is relevant today. Uh, I, I mean, after all, if, if you don't go to God for peace, then where do you find peace? Well, there's a bunch of trends out there, and people try different things, but they don't last. Or, or what about strength? Where, where do you go to for strength? If you're just relying on yourself, then your energy is going to run out. See, listen to what Jesus said here, and this is a direct quote. He says, if you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. You know, a lot of people think the opposite. A lot of people think, well, geez, you know, if, if I were to uh, go to God, then he's just going to give me uh, uh, burdens. He's going to give me this, this huge to-do list or something. But, but actually what God says is God says, if you come to me, I will take your burdens and I will give you rest. So how can he do that? What does that look like? Well, it looks like the soul rest. See, you relax whenever you stop depending upon yourself, right? Think about it. You relax when you stop depending on yourself. See, whenever you plug into the power source that's God, then you're not on your own anymore. And so really the reason why so many of us are tired in December, but really throughout the year as well, is because we're relying on our own power. And that's not enough. We're going to burn out. And the Bible says this, God gives power to those who are tired and worn out, and he offers strength to the weak. Then the next verse, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come. And that phrase, you will not give up when troubles come. You see, many of us feel like giving up, whether it's your marriage, your career, your finances, there's just some part of your life that you just feel like is not fixable. And you feel like giving up. But hear these words, don't give up, but rather look up. Look up to God. See, he doesn't just love you, which is our first point, but he actually wants to help you as well. He's got all the power. The Bible says, when you lie down, then you won't be afraid. You will sleep in peace and you won't worry about sudden disaster. And really, if ever we needed a verse like that, I believe it's right now. You won't be afraid. You'll sleep in peace and don't worry about a sudden disaster. So you can come home to God's peace and strength. And then also you can come home to, finally, our third point here. You will come home to his hope and joy. His hope and joy. Hope whenever situations seem hopeless in your life. And joy whenever you feel grief or sadness. And we need these. We really do. The Bible says in Romans 15, May God, the source of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And so those should be in your notes. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your pencil, and I want you to circle some words. I want you to circle the words hope, joy, and peace. And then I want you to draw a line to trust. 
All right? Circle hope, joy, and peace and draw a line to trust because all of these come from trusting God. So here's what this means. The more that I trust God, the more my life is filled with joy. The more I trust God, the more hope I have. So if you don't have hope, then you're feeling hopeless. If you don't feel joyful, then you don't feel peaceful. It means one thing, that you're not trusting God enough because he is the source of all these things. So in our first point, God's forgiveness takes care of our past, all the things that we've done wrong in our life, and he washes them away. And then God's peace and strength gets us through the day. He gives you help in the present. And then God's purpose and plan in your life gives you hope in the future. So we have God helping us in our past, present, and future. And so here's the deal. I don't know what you've been through this year. For, for many of us, it's been, it's been a hard year. And, and I, I've heard stories and we've grieved throughout the year. I, I, I know that, that for many of us, it was a really hard year. But here's the deal. If your heart is still beating, it means that God still has a purpose for you. Right before uh, George Harrison died, who was the guitarist of the Beatles, Rolling Stone interviewed him, and, and he said this. He said, the most important thing in life is to figure out why we're here and what we're here for. Everything else in life can wait, but the search for God cannot wait. And honestly, what a great quote. I couldn't agree more. It cannot wait. The most important reason that God has made you is to be in a relationship with you, to be in a relationship with God. So that's the purpose that you have, is to be connected to your creator. So that hope, then, will get you through the hardest day at work or even an evening with your in-laws, all right? And you'll find joy that comes from hope, joy that comes from God alone. And so really I'm offering this invitation here to fall into the arms of Jesus, the same Jesus who came to this earth 2,000 years ago, who was, was born in a manger where animals eat of a very humble, a very lowly entrance into the earth. But because of the manger and because he grew up and went to the cross, that we can experience all of these things that we talked about this morning. God's love and forgiveness, peace and strength, and hope and joy. And so if you identify a little bit from the show The Middle, where, where you kind of feel like maybe you're Frankie the Mob and you think to yourself, well, you know, I, I, I go, but, but I'm not really sure about this. Or maybe you identify as Axel, who's uh, kind of questioning things. Or maybe you identify as Mike the Dad, who says, well, I go to support. Then may you hear these things uh, this morning, that, that in God we can find these things. Love and forgiveness, peace and strength, and hope and joy. And another spoil—excuse me, another spoiler alert uh, to this episode is how it ends. Is Axel uh, decides to go? He says, "You know what?" Kind of like the dad. He says, "You know what? I'll go." You know, just uh, to support his mom, basically. And I know it's a fictional show, but if they would have went to church. <laughs> And then I hope that they would have heard a, a message that actually connected with them and that actually taught them something and actually gave them a reason. Um, all these things about how God gives us forgiveness and love, peace and strength, and hope and joy. And so may you come home this Christmas and find Jesus offering you these things. And all God's people said, amen. And let us pray. 
Indeed, God, as we talk about coming home, Lord, we pray that we can have the spiritual homecoming. And Lord, we know that, um, that in you, that we're able to find forgiveness of our sins for our past, the things that we've done wrong. And then in our present, Lord, that we're able to find peace and strength to not only get through the holidays and Christmas, Lord, but to get through our life as we prep for January. And Lord, ultimately that you give us hope and joy as we look into our future. And so Lord, we pray that we have the spiritual homecoming and that we get to uh, celebrate you this Christmas Eve. In all this we pray, amen.